Welcome to the George D. Football Show. I'm your host, George D. This is episode 13. This is a Super Bowl 55 preview. We're going to uh, take a look at the biggest game of the year and give you some predictions. Give you some um, some player prop predictions and some... Um, just the overall strategies of the game and um, some of the narratives and stuff. So we'll get right into that. Um, the game is the Kansas City Chiefs, the number one seed out of the AFC, going to Tampa Bay to play the um, Buccaneers, who were the fifth seed. Out of the NFC, the Buccaneers are a wild card team, but as uh, as you would have it, they end up playing at home in the Super Bowl as versus the one seed from the other conference. So, kind of worked out all right for them. Um, the game is a six thirty p.m. kickoff. In the Eastern Time Zone, and the game will be played in the Eastern Time Zone in Florida, so it will be dark at kickoff. And so it'll be a night game. The weather is 60, 63 degrees. Um, a wind out of the north at about 10 miles per hour. I don't know how many knots that is. I should probably figure that out for you maritime guys. Um, so yeah, the wind is coming out of, out of the north at 10 miles an hour. And, um, there's supposed to be rain in the morning and in the early afternoon, but it should clear up by early evening there, uh, by kickoff. And, uh, you know, the NFL and the stadium crew there are going to have, they're going to do... They're going to spare no expense to make sure the field is tip-top shape for the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? This isn't like the 80s or 90s when... Actually, they, they took care of the field pretty good back then. But what I'm trying to say is that the, the field's going to be ready. The, the teams are going to be ready. The weather should be not a factor. Except for that wind. I don't know... Uh, 10 miles an hour is not insignificant, but it's not, like, horrible either. So, just something to keep an eye on. If you're trying to kick, like, a 50-some yard field goal and you got to get some some real distance on it or something like that or a really deep throw, like, the wind. I mean, the wind is a factor if it's strong enough. So, just something to keep an eye on. Kansas City is a three and a half point favorite at most sports books. You're finding some threes in a lot of spots. But for the most part, I see it as three and a half. And they're on the road, so. I mean, it's supposed to be neutral. It's kind of like. I don't know how to approach it because it's supposed to be neutral, and but Tampa Bay is actually. So it's whatever. Um, Tampa Bay, or Kansas City's three and a half point favorite. Tampa Bay is, um, 
the over under I should say is um fifty six. It was at fifty seven when it's when uh when it first came out. After the conference title games it was fifty seven over under, which is like a projected score of like thirty to twenty seven around about there, depending on how you see the game playing out. If you think uh, KC wins by a little bit more or if you think Tampa Bay scores more than 27, that's how you figure if you want to bet the over-under. You just uh, you just figure out a projected score from the over-under and go from there, you know. But the over-under is tricky because you don't know how the game is going to play out. Like, it could be a defensive like they could like both teams could come out and play really good defense the first half I and mean, it'll be like 10-7 at halftime and you know so and you can live bet the over under but the uh the algorithms that the sports books use they keep up with the juice like you're not going to outsmart them it's uh like you're not going to um like the old, like if the game starts off slow and it's like 3-3 in the middle of the second quarter the live bet on the over under is not going to still be 57 like it adjusts at the millisecond like um it'll be down to like 41 or 40 you know like like they have it all figured out so it depends when you want to bet it um so I don't know about the over-under. I don't feel good about either way because both teams have really good offenses and they have solid enough defenses where I could see them playing well defensively or it being like a blowout one way, like 35-10 to 10 and um, the, the under hits because one team doesn't score that much. So that's the over-under. Um... The point spread was three and a half Casey's favor, so um so yeah, like as far as the line goes, it makes sense to me. Like it seems right. Like I don't think Tampa Bay should be favored over the one seed and I don't think uh the uh the Chiefs should be favored by too much over Tampa Bay. I mean considering what Tampa Bay has done here in the playoffs, winning three road games including Including beating the number one seed Packers. So So yeah, that's the um the point spread. The weather, the injuries are on Kansas City side. Uh Sammy Watkins, their wide receiver, is um he's still questionable with the calf. Like he hasn't played he didn't play against Cleveland, he didn't play against Buffalo. He's had two weeks to get ready for this game, and he's he's practiced some, but he's still questionable. So I honestly don't know if he's gonna play. We're like, what about like like fourteen or fifteen hours from kickoff, and I don't know if uh, I don't know if Watkins is gonna play. So and uh, everybody else is good to go for Kansas City. It, I mean, they lost their offensive tackles, but that's old news. Like, um, 
So yeah, Sammy Watkins, all their defensive backs that were banged up are are, are good to go. Um, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, um, he was banged up. He's questionable also, but I'm pretty sure he's gonna play. Like, it's a Super Bowl. Um, so Kansas City's pretty much healthy. Um, Tampa Bay is Antonio Brown. He's also questionable. He hurt his um his knee against the Washington Football Club in the wild card round when Tampa Bay beat Washington um in the first week of the playoffs, which seems like seems like quite a while ago, but he hurt his knee there. He missed a game against New Orleans, missed a game against um Green Bay and um He's going to play. I can almost guarantee he's playing. Uh, Cameron Brait was hurt. Um, he's going to play. Everybody's going to play. Like, it's the Super Bowl. If you don't play, like, you're not, you're, you're soft. Like, you're, you're, you're casual. Like, you're, you're making business decisions out here. You're not in it for the glory. Um, so yeah, we'll take a look at this game from Tampa Bay's point of view first. Defensively, you have to stop Tyreek Hill. So what you have to do if you're Tampa Bay, you have to double him. You have to double him every play, all game. Every single snap, you have to double Tyreek Hill. It does not matter. Um, Because if you don't, he's going to gash your defense. Okay? Like, you have to double Tyreek Hill. Travis Kelsey, you also have to double, but you can disguise coverages like you're going to double him and then like move the safety over because Travis Kelsey is not as fast as Tyreek Hill. So if he catches it, like you can come up and make the tackle, but you can't miss the tackle because he will turn it upfield and he has wide receivers type skills and a tight end body so he is just but he's not as fast as Ty I mean nobody's as fast as Tyreek Hill so but I would double team those two guys every single play and rush four because Tampa Bay's pass rush was really effective against Green Bay and Green Bay was in a similar spot where they had just lost Bakhtiari. And um, Tampa or KC just lost Eric Fisher. So this pass rush from Tampa Bay might be um, a deciding factor in this game. This is like, this is a point that I've been thinking about since I saw that Tampa Bay pass rush against Green Bay. I was like... I was like when a team plays like this, they can they can win. Because if you get after the quarterback, you're you're going to win. Like you have a really really good chance of winning. So that is one of the big things I'm going to be keeping an eye on is how Tampa Bay's pass rush with um obviously they have like rotation guys, but their main four are JPP um, Shaquille Barrett, Vita Vea, and Ndamukong Sue. 
And they are really, really good against the run also. Like, they were number one against the run all year. So, that pass rush against a banged up offensive line of Kansas City. Like, they've been banged up all year. They had a guy opt out because of COVID. They lost their tackles. So, Kansas City's offensive line is not the, the, the guys they planned on having out there at the beginning of the year. But it is what it is. You can't make any excuses. Like, you're in the Super Bowl. You got to figure it out. And you got to go make plays. So, if you double, back to my uh, strategy thing. If you double Kelsey... And Tyreek Hill, you're going to leave yourself exposed to guys like Sammy Watkins, McCall Hardman, Brian Pringle, and there's another one, Robinson. But I would take my chances covering those guys. And I would, um, I would disguise double teams on Kelsey and kind of play a safety... Like a safety would would will double Kelsey or drop deep to double Watkins depending on the on the game situation because Sammy Watkins can can burn you deep. So you would like you would disguise you would try to trick Mahomes into not knowing which one of those two you're gonna double because he's gonna know he can't throw to Tyreek because he's gonna have two guys all over him all game. I don't care. I do not, if I'm Tampa Bay, I do not care. I'm double teaming Tyreek Hill. And uh, and if you beat us another way, congratulations. But you are not going to get Tyreek Hill running down through our secondary at all. Like we're going to, we're going to make, we're going to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? We're going to endeavor to eliminate him from the game. So it leaves you exposed to Watkins, um, uh, Clyde Edwards, and Lair out of the backfield, uh, running those Texas routes, um, running wheel routes, like one on one. But Tampa Bay has solid linebackers. They have Levante David and um, I don't remember this kid's first name, but his last name is White, number forty five. He's really fast. He's a really fast linebacker. I think these guys can cover Clyde Edwards Elaire. And like I said earlier, if you force Kansas City to play to these other guys, you're at a tactical advantage because Kansas City's game plan is to get Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey going because they have like a combined 40 something receptions in the in the playoffs and the next two guys are are Pringle and Hardman and they have like 8 8 and 7 respectively which is like a massive drop off so so yeah if you're Tampa Bay you're uh you're Todd Bowles that um that defensive coordinator you're trying to make Kansas City work to these other guys. And if they're running the ball to try to um, expose your coverages where you're double teaming, that's, I mean, you'd live with that. Like, you have to deal with it because you can't allow 
Hill and Kelsey because you know they'll gash you. Like Tyreek Hill had three touchdowns and 200 yards against them in their previous game in um in like week 12 or something. So you know if you play that coverage again, Kansas City will just do it again. Like if it's not broke, why fix it? You know what I mean? So that's my strategy for Tampa Bay. I don't know how they're going to play it. I mean, you obviously don't want to run the exact same defense every single play because Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Patrick Mahomes will figure out how to hurt you. But it has to be a, a big part of your strategy is to double-team those guys because, like I said, you got to take your chances with like Watkins and Hardman and... um. And those other guys, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, etc. And I don't think Kansas City wants Mahomes running our uh like options and taking off running against man coverage. Cause when you play man coverage, you if the quarterback breaks contain, which JPP and Shaq Barrett are gonna try to keep him in the pocket. If he breaks contain, he can take off running, but Mahomes has been injured this postseason, so I don't think Kansas City wants him running too much. So, Kansas City presents a lot, a lot of issues defensively if you want to stop them. And Tampa Bay will definitely have their hands full. So, that's, uh, we'll see how the Buccaneers play it. They could just play, uh, coverage, like cover four all game like a deep umbrella coverage to just not let anything over the top and just come up and rally to the football and try to make plays. Kind of like bend but don't break. Um. So, but if you sit in zone, but you have to get pressure with those those front four because if you don't get pressure, it doesn't matter what coverage you play on the back end. Like Kansas City's guys are going to get open. So that would be my strategy. I would I would I would bank on my front four getting pressure on Mahomes like at a relative relatively good um rate and um and double teaming their main guys. Like that's how I would play it if I was in my simplistic mind of like football. That's how I would play against him. I would be like that's how I would play it. Um, for Tampa Bay's offense, they have to get the running game going because Kansas City's defense is not great against a run. So they have to run Fournette and Ronald Jones because it works in two ways. Like you will move the ball against a Kansas City defense that's a little undersized. Kansas City's defense plays these uh there's a lot of names for these type of players like a hybrid safety linebacker um Michigan had a name for it when Jabril Preppers played the position. I forgot what they call it, but it's like a hybrid safety linebacker um and they're really popular in the NFL now, but Sorensen, he wears number 49 for them. He plays that spot. Um, Tyron Matthew plays it. They act, they act like linebackers. 
in their defensive sets, but they're technically defensive backs. So um, they're a little undersized. So if Tampa Bay can um, can do duo blocks in the duo run game, and uh, and their tight ends can can block up uh, defensive ends, and they could double team the interior guys, they can get downhill and they could they could run the ball against Kansas City's undersized defense. So that's something to look for, and of course the passing game is. I think Tampa Bay's best receiver is Godwin, but Mike Evans is, um, he's the consent, everybody's going to say that it's Evans, but I think Evans isn't as, he's not as um, versatile as Godwin, like Godwin can run better routes, he's like a little bit quicker, um, Mike Evans, he kind of works outside, like outside the numbers, he's real big, he's fast. But I think Godwin can present more problems to a defense. So those are their two main guys. is Godwin's and Evans. And then Antonio Brown and Scotty Miller. Um, they kind of play the same spot. Like those small, quicker receivers. Um, work a lot of underneath stuff. And then if they get the defense to play up some, they could just double move you and hit you over the top with Antonio Brown. Um, or Scotty Miller, or if they get a single high safety, they can, um, Tom Brady's really good at looking, looking a safety over to one side and then hitting the, the receiver on the backside of the play. So he'll manipulate the safety to move over here. Like he'll look at Evan's side and the safety will shift over and then he'll just toss it to, uh, Godwin or Miller or Antonio Brown on the other sideline so you see it all the time and when they break down the game in the game like the play-by-play -play, or not the, the color analyst um so that's something to look forward to is um tampa bay trying to get some deep shots because that's what they love bruce arians loves it byron left which a former quarterback um well, that's kind of a little cool side note. Both the offensive coordinators are African-American and both are former players. And it kind of hurt them that they're so good because other teams hired coaches and these guys are still working with Kansas City. Like they didn't, I don't know if that affected them or not in, in getting head coaching jobs. But Anyway, they're really good, and Todd Bowles is a defensive coordinator. He's um, African-American, so there's a lot of um, really good black coaches in this game, which is good. Um, so anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, Tampa Bay. Um, yeah, they have, to get, they have to get these receivers involved, and Kansas City is really good. They have really good um, size at cornerback. They don't have real like fast cornerbacks, but they have Breland, um, Legarius Sneed, which is a rookie, but he ended up being like the best rookie defensive backs of this draft class. Like he's up there with the big boys, and he's holding his own just fine. And um, I read this article where. They talk about how Kansas City takes away 
receivers really good. They're really good at limiting wide receivers. And it was true because if you see what they did to uh, to Cleveland and to Buffalo in their playoff games, like I don't think Jarvis Landry did too much. I know he caught a touchdown, but it was like a, it was a real short play. And it was a, they schemed him open. Like he got open in the corner of the end zone and it was just like a real bang, bang play. It wasn't like some big play where he like, got open and Mayfield hit him. It was like it was just like a regular little play. And then Stefan Diggs he didn't do too much against Kansas City and Diggs was right up there with Devontae Adams all year as the two best wide receivers in the NFL. Like they were tearing the NFL up and um Kansas City really shut down Diggs. Like they really limited him a lot. And it really affected Buffalo's pass game. But Buffalo has not only, if you want to say like Evans is like uh, Tampa Bay's digs. But then Tampa Bay also has, like we mentioned earlier, they have uh, Godwin, Brown, Miller, Cameron Brate, Gronkowski. They have two solid uh, running backs. And... um they have a really good team, and they have Tom Brady at quarterback. You know, he's Tom Brady is like I don't. I'm not a Tom Brady fan, but I acknowledge that this man is. They need to study this man's brain, because he he is beyond the point of just being a competitor. He is like him and LeBron. They're on like they're on something else, man. Like they do not. Like this is this, this there is a clear separation in the mindset of a player like Tom Brady and a player that just has like a regular four or five year career as at quarterback. Like Tom Brady is not like the biggest, most athletic, but his like the dedication he puts into taking care of his body and being ready to go out there and play and still being really really good like he needs to write books he needs to do pot he need we need to know what's going on in between his ears because this is impressive like what is going on with you man like what drives you there has to be some kind of rage some kind of hatred and despise that drives you to be this great like there is there is something there that is not the love of the game because that i believe that hate is more powerful is a more powerful driving force than love like love is better and love is the best but if you hate something and something just just bugs you that much you will never quit it does not matter like you will never like the hate just drives you anyway i'm off track um yeah tom brady back there looking for these receivers uh so we'll see how that plays out um as for Kansas City 
Okay, where we went Tampa Bay's defense, Tampa Bay's offense. Okay, so Kansas City's defense, you have to take away the big play. You can't let uh, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller, Godwin, or Evans hit you over the top. Basically the exact same thing we talked about Kansas City. You have to eliminate their main weapons and somehow get pressure on Brady, which is, I wouldn't even try to get pressure on Brady because he's so good at knowing where his, his hot route is at. He's so good at knowing the game situation. He's like, you're, you hardly ever see Brady dropping back and then running around like a, like a fool and taking like 17 yard sacks. Like he's too good. He's too, um, like he, 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 he's, he's woke. Like he knows the game too, too good. And, um, so yeah, like, I don't know how Kansas City's gonna, like, uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark and them guys, I don't know how they're gonna get pressure on Brady because, not because, um, they're not good players, but because Brady is so good at getting rid of the ball. And, um, Tampa Bay is, they know you're trying to sack Brady, so they're gonna, they're gonna have a guy running the hot route every single play, so that if Brady senses, like if you see your coverage, your pass protection breaking down, you throw it to your little hot route there, and you live to see another down, um, so Brady's really, really good at that, which is the complete opposite of what they had with Jameis Winston, when he would he would do the stuff I just mentioned where he would just drop back and keep running back and looking for a receiver down the field and throw it up for grabs or take a horrible sack or fumble it. So that was just this is the type of play that just devastates a team from the quarterback spot. So yeah, um that's what Kansas City has to do. They have to try to take away the big plays and um like if Tampa Bay's going to score you 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 make them march down the field like um 10 15 plays and then in the and then squeeze your coverages in the in the in the in the red zone and Tom Brady is legendary for being patient taking what the defense gives you working everything underneath being super efficient and just putting those drives together like you can put five six drives like that together in a game and get and put up touchdowns and and win the game like Tom Brady knows this he's not gonna get impatient well he did against Green Bay he did throw three interceptions in that second half so I mean we'll see right like these are just my thoughts on how the game should play out but for the most part through his career Brady has not he has not turned the ball over like that. So I'll just assume he's not going to play that bad. Because he did play really good in the first half. But in that second half, it was like Green Bay's defense was, was, was able to affect him. And um, and he did turn the ball over. I'm not going to lie there. So, yeah, that's Kansas City's defense. Eliminate the big plays. Try to limit Godwin and Evans. And try not to let Scotty Miller and Antonio Brown hit you with the deep stuff. Like, you cannot fall asleep for one play in this game. 
I'm like not even at the coin. Like I would be ready to go at the coin toss. Like I would be jumping around like Brock Lesnar, staring down my opponent, uh, mean mugging him. Like we're ready to go. Like from the opening kickoff, like you cannot work your way into this game. Like you need to be ready to go. So that's how I would be coaching my guys up. I'm like from the opening snap. Make a play. Because you're if you give something up early, you're going to be trying to make up for it later in the game. Like, take care of it now. So, and obviously, so that's Kansas City's defense. Get pressure on Brady. It's This is football. It's not. It's the, the same game plan for almost every team, almost every game. Um... So for Kansas City's offense, obviously, you want Mahomes throwing the ball to Kelsey, throwing the ball to Tyreek Hill, and if the defense shows their hand and, and shifts too much coverage to those guys, hit Watkins and Hardman, etc. And Tampa or Kansas City's playmakers are more dynamic than Tampa Bay's. Which isn't a slight to Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay is really, really good. But Kansas City has Mahomes. He's more mobile. He's more, he has a stronger arm than Brady. He has more, um, he has a more varied tool belt. Like he can do more than Brady. Like Brady was never super flashy. Brady's always just been super efficient, super smart. Um, but Mahomes is just like, he's just a dynamic superstar playmaker. He can make plays out of nothing. He can escape the pocket. He can make these wild throws and it's not done to be flashy. He's just out there playing football and he's just that good. And, um, so I think Kansas city has like Kansas city could turn the ball over a couple times and they could still win. Like, that's how good their offense is. Like, they can over... But I wouldn't recommend it. Um. So, yeah, like, get the ball to Tyreek. Get the ball to Travis Kelsey. Um. And you have to scheme up pass protection because your offensive line is a disaster. Like, there's no two ways around. You can put on a brave face and say, oh, next man up and um, this and that and the other. But Kansas City's offensive line is an absolute disaster. And like we mentioned earlier, Tampa Bay's pass rush can be a huge factor in this game. Like you will see it if you watch the game and you start seeing Tampa Bay's front four pushing the pocket back into Mahomes. Like you're going to get a good feel of how this game is going. So... It's a huge game. Um, the kicking, I would give the advantage to. I mean, Kansas City has Butker, and then um, Tampa Bay has that one guy that's really, really had a really good year for them. I don't know who. I forgot his name. I think the kicking is 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 a draw. It's a tie. They're both got really good kickers. Um. 
the punting, I honestly did not. It's got to be at least average, right? Like, you can't have horrible special teams if you're in the Super Bowl. Um, You would have lost a game at some point in the playoffs because of your special teams if you were horrible there. So, special teams, I would I would say it's a draw. Maybe a slight edge to uh to Tampa because they're playing at home. You know, they might know, like, I mean, I know the football feels the same, but you're at home. Like, you should know it a little bit better, you know. Um, so, yeah, huge game. Um, oh, player props. Uh, Super Bowl is notoriously famous for player props. I wrote down just a couple because um, there's just way too many. Um, the first score of the game, which team will score first? Kansas City is the favorite to score first. So every time, you always have to look at the underdog first. Like when you're gambling, it's natural inclination to look at the favorite and be like, okay, I like these guys. But I've taught myself, look at the underdog first and look at the value that they provide. Like, they give you way better value. And at this point, like Tampa Bay as the underdog, it would only be to a team like Kansas City because Tampa Bay is so good. Um. So yeah, that's the first score. Tampa Bay is the underdog to score first, but I would take that in a heartbeat. Um, but I don't have the bankroll to uh to just make a bunch of prop bets, so I'm gonna stay away from a lot of these. Probably all of them, honestly, because you never know a player could get hurt. Um, you don't know how the game's gonna go. So, um, okay, so Antonio Brown three and a half receptions is the over under. If I was going to bet this, I would bet the under because he's been banged up and he's honestly, he's lost a step like at this point and Brady has not been able to work with him as much as he's worked with Evans and Godwin and his tight end set there and even Scotty Miller. So I could see Antonio Brown catching one, two, maybe three passes but the three and a half is like perfect over under. I would go under because like four receptions is not like a lot where you're like, whoa, that's a lot. But it's not like it's not like one or two, you know, it's like and what if he drops one? What if uh, Tom Brady misses him on a read? Um, So I would take the under on that one. Cameron Brait, will he score a touchdown? The um the tight end for Tampa Bay. Yes is the underdog at plus three hundred. No is minus four hundred. I would say yes. I would look for because how we mentioned earlier how good um Kansas City is at taking away wide receivers. I would look for most of Tampa Bay's touchdowns to be from the running backs and the tight ends. Like they're gonna have to drive into the red zone and either run it in 
or Tom Brady's going to hit one of those one of those quick underneath passes into the end zone to Cameron Bray or Gronk. So I would take I would say yes on Cameron Brait scoring a touchdown because it's plus 300. I mean, that's like ridic ridiculous value and um it's the Super Bowl like like these players they're not going to care about stats. If somebody's open, Tom Brady's going to throw it to him like He's not going to try to worry about his diva wide receiver making sure he gets his touchdown. Like, it's the Super Bowl. Like, if you're open, I'm throwing it to you. So Cameron Brait, definitely. He's just as good a receiver to catch a touchdown as anybody else in this game. Chris Godwin, five and a half receptions over under. I would go under. Well, I don't know. Yeah, he'll get six. I'll go over because they're gonna Tampa Bay's gonna need him. I would go over. But yeah, I would probably stay away from that. But if I had to, I would bet the over on Godwin. Because Tampa Bay will throw him the ball a lot. Um Patrick Mahomes. Three hundred and twenty seven passing yards. Is the over-under. I'm going to say. That that would be. That's a lot of yards. But it's Patrick Mahomes. And it's a Super Bowl. I would. I would go under. Because. Because Tampa Bay. Is going to take away. Tyreek Hill. But they're going to leave themselves. Exposed for quarterback runs so I would take the under on Mahomes' passing yards but I would take the over on his rushing yards because he's going to have to scramble a couple times because his offensive line is a mess and Tampa Bay is going to um, what's the word I'm looking for they're going to Expend a lot of resources on covering Hill and Kelsey down downfield. So I think, like, if it was a combined yardage passing and rushing at three thirty, I would go over. But it's not; it's just passing. And if Kansas City gets a a, a nice lead, like fourteen points or something, they're gonna try to work the run and try to shorten the game, which will take away. You know, like 10 or 15 snaps that Mahomes would throw in, in otherwise. So, that's a lot of yards. That's the only reason I would go under. Um, But if you want to go over, like, go ahead because I can also see that. Like, if Tampa Bay plays well and Kansas City has to throw the ball a bunch, he might go right over that, like, by the third quarter or something. I don't know. Two and a half touchdowns is the over-under for Mahomes. I'm going to go over. Um, They're just too good offensively. Like, I don't know how Tampa Bay is going to try to stop them. Like, I gave my thoughts on it earlier, but like I said, I'm no, I'm no football. I'm no football like guru. So if Andy Reid sees that you're doubling Hill and Kelsey, he'll have like five different 
plays ready to go. Like, you know what I mean? He'll make a guy like me look dumb. So anyway, I would go over on the touchdowns. Um, Travis Kelsey's reception total is seven and a half. Um, I saw it at eight and a half, but for the most part, it's seven and a half. I would go over because Kansas City throws the ball to him a lot. Like that's no like they throw the ball to him a lot, a lot. Like he is. Like, I think he's Mahomes' first read. Mahomes is like, look at Kelsey. If he's covered, throw it deep to Hill. That's how he works. Look at Kelsey. He gets open. Bam. First down. And he'll do that all game if you give it to him. He Like, he'll literally give Kelsey 15 receptions. And if you don't, he'll throw it to Hill or Watkins or Hardman or... Uh, Brian Pringle, any of these guys, deep. Um, so they'll just like they'll they'll run Travis or uh, Clyde Edwards-Helaire into the flat, run Kelsey into some kind of ten-yard, fifteen-yard route, and if you if the cornerback or linebacker comes up to guard Elaire in the flat, that leaves a little a gap in the defense and that's where Kelsey will be and you can't guard him and Mahomes will just hit that and if the safety comes up to help the linebacker who's helping on it lair they'll hit Hill over the top like football is complicated but it's not so I would go over on receptions for Kelsey and if they offered this at a really good value at receptions seven and a half in the first half like if they gave you like a ridiculous price on that i would take it because you would only have to risk like a hundred dollars but the payout would be like like 1100 or something like like you have to look at that value um so yeah um that's really it there's a, a whole lot of other ones you can look up like just look like, you can literally just Google Super Bowl prop bets, and there's just a lot. A lot of articles you can find on that. Um, that's really all I have for the Super Bowl. Uh, my prediction for the game is... I hate to do this to Tom Brady because, like I mentioned earlier, I'm really impressed with him at his age to be able to do what he's doing. But I just think Mahomes... It's it's Mahomes' time, man. Like it's it's Mahomes. He's the face right now of the NFL. And it works out perfectly where he has to where he has to um beat Brady. Like Tom Brady is like that boxer that just keeps showing up and he just keeps showing up. Like everybody counted him out. They were saying Belichick was the system. Um Belichick carried you. You needed kickers to bail you out in the Super Bowl. And he just keeps coming back and he I'll win another one then. Like that like that uh SpongeBob meme or something where he's like, You wanna see me do it again? Um, so that's Brady and that's what like I'm really, really impressed with Tom Brady. Like there's no like I think he won the debate against Bill Belichick by making the Super Bowl. 
like they were saying, oh, it was Belichick. Tom Brady's like, dude, I'm in the Super Bowl. Like, what are you talking about? So, I'm going to go with Kansas City. And that's just, I just, it's because of Mahomes. Um, and because of Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, I think they present way too many. Okay, so, I'm going to go off track here a little bit. I played football a few games not professionally or in college, just pick up games. And there was, we had to play defense, right? Um, and there was these, uh, these youngsters that like most of the guys we could cover and they were like pretty fast. Um, they had pretty good size. Um, and, but we felt good. Like we knew we could cover them somewhat. We were like, all right, you guard him. You guard him. I'll sit back as in deep coverage. But there was these littler guys that were so fucking fast. You could not guard them. You Your only hope was that the quarterback made a bad throw. Because even after they caught it, you could not catch them. And this is Tyreek Hill. Like, you got a pretty good chance of guarding guys like Godwin and Evans. Like, you have somewhat of a chance of covering those guys, as good as they are. But guys like Tyreek Hill, you could not guard them. Like, the field is too big to put, like, say you'd say, I'll cover him on this side of the field. And you cover him on this side of the field. And he will still get open. It was maddening. And um, this is how I see Tyreek Hill. I could... I cannot imagine how insanely difficult this man is to cover. So anyway, that goes back to my why I'm picking Kansas City. Like, I don't think they have... Like, I think Kansas City will score too much for them. Even if it's only... if Even if the game's in the 20s, I think Kansas City will be able to to score more. Like, if they need to get a score, they'll go get it. And if Tampa Bay... Like, I can see Tampa Bay falling behind and not being able to catch up. So, I'm going to go with Kansas City to win. I would say, I don't want to disrespect Tampa Bay's defense. I'm going to go 31. Ooh, this game's going to be high scoring because Tampa Bay's going to score. I'm going to go Tampa Bay 24. Tampa Bay 27, um, Kansas City 41. No, Kansas City, Kansas City 45, Tampa Bay 27. I think Tampa Bay will keep up with them, but I think KC will just have too much. And they will, and Patrick Mahomes will win MVP. Actually, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with um, Tyreek Hill at MVP. Even though I don't know how it's going to play. Like, this is who I want to win MVP. I will go with Tyreek Hill. I think he'll have a big game. Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey. Because Travis Kelsey is like... If I played against Travis Kelsey, I would probably hate him. Because he's real, like, confident. And he's real, like, um... 
He's real like uh like he exertive. He's like a real dominant personality. So I would probably hate playing against him. Like I would want to hit him really hard. But I I appreciate his game. Like he you have to have that mentality when you when you're going up against these secondaries in the NFL cuz they are looking to shut you down, hit you and let you know all about it. So I appreciate Kelsey's competitiveness. He's honestly one of my favorite players. Even though like I'm a defensive kind of defensive mindset kind of, but I like Travis Kelsey cuz he has that he has that competitiveness. Um so if Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill win the MVP, that would be cool. But like I said earlier, we'll probably go to Mahomes. Um yeah, that's my that's my prediction. Um, Tampa Bay loses the Super Bowl, even though they played decent, and um, the Chiefs just outscore them, forty five to twenty seven, and um, one of those three guys for Kansas City wins the MVP. And that's my official prediction. Um, we'll do a Super Bowl review after the game and um we'll see some of the major storylines going into the off season we'll do a bunch of pre-draft stuff and um a lot of LA Rams stuff a lot of NFC West stuff and um yeah that's that's this episode of the George D football show thanks for listening thanks for um yeah thanks for listening uh like subscribe share follow rate um get a hold of me on facebook or instagram and we can collaborate on some podcast um any sport um entertainment politics whatever you want we could talk about it um get a hold of me and stay up and um Thanks for listening.